All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Fix Your Franchise. Your boy Uncle Dirty is back in the building. I know you missed me. Don't act like you didn't. I'm here with Coach Red right now. What? All the way from Tacoma, Washington, coming in live for you right now. We're not having big tug on this episode, so you only get you get a little get a little twosome right now. But that's all right. We'll still hold it down for you guys. Today we're going to be doing the Carolina Panthers, and we're going to tell the tell the fans out there what the Panthers need to do to fix their franchise. Um, I'm going to go ahead and send it over to Coach Red right now and see his thoughts on how the Panthers could fix their franchise because there's there's a lot of things they could do. There's a lot of things they might not need to do, but we'll figure that out right now and we'll we'll send that to you. So the big thing that plagued the Panthers this last year was the injury to Christian McCaffrey signed a huge mega deal was a weapon and a half receiving running the football fantasy stud as well Uh, got injured very early in the season Mike Davis filled in admirably but with him becoming a free agent this year depth at running back is going to be somewhere where they're going to need to target you're expecting a full recovery from Christian McCaffrey which will help The big signing that they had last year, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, played well, but not great. 15 touchdowns to 11 interceptions, about 3,500 yards. Uh, Didn't start every game. They had P.J. Walker, the stud of the XFL that they signed as their backup quarterback, came in and actually played pretty (laughs) well uh, in, in his time for the injured Teddy Bridgewater. But I think the big aspect for them to look at this year is an improvement in the quarterback play. Uh, With them, they have got DJ Moore that they drafted in the first round a couple years back, signed Robbie Anderson last year to a two-year deal. So the wide receiver game is not bad. Offensive weapons with receivers and running backs, I feel are pretty solid. And then last year was the first time in the common draft era that an NFL franchise has spent every single draft pick on one side of the ball. They had seven draft picks last year and every player they drafted was on defense. So you've got a younger defense that played okay for them, but you should see vast improvement looking at this year. But I think the real area where they're going to look at is, you know, upgrading that quarterback position to get someone that's a little more dynamic than Teddy Bridgewater. So I know that they may have drafted all those young players, but from what I've seen in some of my research is they have like the third or fourth oldest roster in the NFL overall. Um, And with, with how with it being a new coach in the building too i mean sometimes those older players are a little harder to coach i feel like like cuz they're kind of stuck in their ways but if they can start building a younger team i think that would definitely help but you mentioned uh chris mccaffrey being hurt all year last year and what it reminds me of is how centered they were around him and him being as great as he is yep it, it's like they they need to become 
what the Steelers were when the Steelers were good. When they had Bell in his prime and Bell was tearing things up and he was doing his thing, they still had other weapons. Like, they, they were at the point where I feel like they relied so heavily on McCaffrey that when they lost him, they kind of they kind of lost their way. They, they didn't know what to do. Yeah, and I mean, if you have McCaffrey, the big. I mean, how do you feel about that? Do you do you think they were too? Do you think they were too McCaffrey centered? I think they were, and I think what that helped opened up that uh, you know two years ago was DJ Moore. I mean, he had a pretty big year, and I think them bringing in Robbie Anderson was a huge asset to them with a Christian McCaffrey type. The one area that I think that they kind of fell flat in terms of offensive weapons is the tight end spot with them cutting Greg Olson last year, who was pretty reliable at the tight end spot, even though he was older, their leading tight end was Ian Thomas. I'm going to repeat that Ian Thomas, who played his college football at Indiana university. I mean, he's a, he's a Hoosier. We're not talking basketball. We're talking football, not really known for that. So I think one area that they have got to target either in free agency or in the NFL draft has got to be tight end. So that way you're rounding out your offensive roster a little bit better. The other thing too, is they traded Trey Turner last year, guard all pro guard over to the chargers and then in return they got russell okum who very good offensive tackle still but he is definitely getting up there in age uh i believe that he came in in about the 2008 or 2009 draft so we're sitting here he's going on 12 to 13 years so he's an older guy he's a pending free agent but has been a very solid offensive tackle for a long time in the nfl yeah, a little too long, I think, because I actually wrote down a couple notes about Okun as well. He's getting paid a lot of money for only playing 406 snaps last year. Total. He played 406 snaps. And you're paying him, what, $13 million to play in a few fucking games? No. And, and I'm glad that you brought up tight end because they definitely need to look into that. Um I, Ian Thomas, I mean, if, if I, if you wouldn't have just told me that that's what he did last year, I would have been like Ian Thomas. Oh yeah. He was my waiter at Applebee's. Like he's a pretty cool guy. Ian Thomas isn't the person you need there. I mean, you want to, I mean, Rudolph's out there now. I mean, exactly. you can shoot for Kyle exactly. Rudolph. You can pay him some money, try to bring him in good, reliable veteran pass catcher. And especially in the Vikings playoff runs, he's the master of pushing off slash making immaculate receptions for game winning touchdowns. So the guys played in big name games and they've kind of phased him out a little bit when he was with the Vikings by getting Irv Smith jr. But yeah, I think that he would be a great fit. Some other good options, you know, I think Hunter Henry might be priced out of their, of their market, but a Gerald Everett who got kind of overshadowed a little bit by Tyler Higby, but was a big receiving type tight end coming out of college. And another guy that I think is, you know, towards that higher tier, but should be a couple uh, mil less than Hunter Henry would be Johnny Smith out of the 
Titans, where with them being such a run heavy base team with the Titans and AJ Brown coming on, I don't think that Johnny Smith actually got all the targets that he deserved because he had huge games and then he would go quiet for about three in a row. It was just so boomer bust when they started riding Henry. So I feel like he could be a great pick for them. And since we're on the topic of offense, why don't we bump it in a little bit? I mean, I know that we're talking, we talked about Russell Okun being older, but another guy that I have an older veteran presence that could help would maybe be uh, Alejandro Villanueva from the Steelers. Maybe bump it in a little bit more, getting into guard, go with the Pat Elflin from the Jets or Jermaine Effetti, former first round bust tackle who went to the Bears last year at guard and diminished his penalties tremendously playing out on the edge I don't think was the right spot for him when he was with the Seahawks because he went from averaging about eight to ten penalties a year to five last year didn't miss a game and didn't give up a sack last year from the guard spot at least none that were accredited to him so then then I say then you you Obviously, you spent so much money on Teddy Bridgewater uh, that you want to – I'd say you at least got to give him another shot this year. Give him his second year with the new coach. I mean, let him kind of fit into the system a little bit and give him those extra weapons. I mean, he's a good quarterback. I've always liked Teddy Bridgewater. He, he's got the mobility. If he had a couple more weapons with him or – maybe not even weapons, but like that tight end safety option to where he could dump it off for a six, seven yard gain when he needs to, where he doesn't have to try to make something happen with his feet. I I think the thing that's tough with the Bridgewater thing is it sounds like they're trying to get out of that contract, maybe trade him to a team that's got a little bit more cap. It might be uncertain at the quarterback position. I talked about it in the Jets episode. I think they would be a good stopping point for them but you look at who their offensive coordinator is he got some play in some head coaching searches this year and that's joe brady he was the year before with not with the panthers last year but the year before he was with the lsu tigers and that record setting offense before that he was with the saints when the saints were putting up big numbers with all those weapons drew Brees, bona fide hall of famer and then joe burrow number one overall pick who's lighting up the board. I think they want a little bit more flair and a lot of pizzazz. And from what I've been hearing, their owner, David Tepper, is willing to go all in to do whatever he can to get Deshaun Watson. From what I've heard, he's willing to stake the farm to go get him. Well, I mean, as long as they could have weapons, because that's the thing, too. They are in a high caliber division to where you're going to have to score four touchdowns a game to be in games right now you're going to be playing saints bucks i mean falcons you can you can give or take on the falcons but saints and bucks they're going to be putting up points you're not going to win games scoring 21 points 24 points like you're going to have to put up numbers and that's why if they don't make the watson trade because obviously with the watson trade they're going to have to give up their first overall pick at number eight. One guy that I think could be a perfect fit. I've also seen some mock drafts where it has him taking a quarterback, maybe like a Trey Lance or Justin Fields if he slides. But who I would love to see on this team that I think would make them a matchup nightmare on the inside and the outside 
pair him, pair him with is Kyle Pitts out of Florida. He is a matchup nightmare. Their biggest hole in my mind is tight end. And you give, even if you keep Teddy Bridgewater on the team, now you have Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Kyle Pitts, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, if, if I had a fan, like last year in my fantasy team, I love the chargers. They were my little, my little point scores. Dude, the Carolina Panthers could blow up a little bit because with all those guys, there's a lot of talent there. And that could be a perfect fit, even though it's not what most people are talking about for that number eight pick. Yeah. And I, I like that actually, because I mean, if they can do that and I feel like, I mean, as mediocre as Bridgewater seemed this year, I mean, if he had, if he had that Christian McCaffrey in the lineup to where you know, they're having to load the box up to stop this guy. Then he's going to be able to hit Robbie Anderson on those deep passes. Like he's going to, he's going to have those one-on-one matchups to where he can throw the ball a little bit. He can start being a little more of a gunslinger because they're going to be worried about the run game this year. I mean, like you said, Mike Davis did a stand-up job coming in, in the position that he came in doing what he did, but he's no Chris McCaffrey. They're not worried about him. They're not going to spend – the teams facing them aren't going to spend hours watching film on how to stop Mike Davis. Like, they're going to just play their regular defense. But so you got to focus Davis. on a guy like Chris McCaffrey. Oh, yeah. So you're saying Mike Davis Mike isn't, an extra, isn't an extra film day guy? He's, he's not like, okay, guys, all right, we're going to be breaking down the, the Mike Davis film today. Nothing else. Yeah. Exactly. Like we gotta, we gotta keep, we gotta keep him contained guys. That's how we're going to win this game. The one thing no, too, you're just going to. Yeah. The one thing too is there um, about a week ago, the Panthers really set them up, set themselves up for success because what they did is they cut a lot of guys. They cut Trey Boston. Um, they cut Stephen Weatherly, Quan Short, and Michael Pallardy, I think it's pronounced. And that cleared 19.9 mil on the cap, which moves their projected cap number to 37, which is actually a pretty good number with that diminished cap this year. So what we're looking at is they've got some more money to spend. And obviously, if you're trading Teddy Bridgewater, there's going to be some cap ramifications and some dead money if, they, if that's the route that they're going to go. But... I think, like you said, Teddy Bridgewater, I know they're fascinated with Sean Watson. They're fascinated with the quarterbacks in the draft. But Teddy Bridgewater, you saw something you liked. And you know that when he took over, when Drew Brees got hurt, even though he's not as dynamic as those other guys, he can still win games when you've got talent around him. And I think you're going to have enough talent on offense around him to really see this as more of an ascending team. I see the Panthers in the realm that I see kind of what the Arizona Cardinals did last year. They're in a very tough division, but you saw the Cardinals ascend up, beat the bills who were almost one game away from the Super Bowl. And I can kind of see that with the Panthers with getting Christian McCaffrey back. And like I said, spending all those picks on defense last year, I am bullish on their defense, taking a big step forward because 
they lost Luke Keekley. They lost Thomas Jones, who were the voices of those defense. Shaq Thompson seems like he stepped into that role, but I think that there was just a, too much youth on that team for them to really take that next step forward. But in that draft, I think that they just got killer pieces. I mean, everyone liked the Derek Brown pick at seven. They thought it was a phenomenal pick. It was a steal. The guy had like two sacks at the D tackle spot and had 20 tackles on the year. The guy that I loved out of this draft, Jeremy Chin. Jeremy Chin played linebacker spot, like a hybrid linebacker safety spot. And with cutting Trey Boston, I think that moves him back to his more natural position at safety. So last year, he led their team in tackles. He led all rookies in tackles. And he is the only player in NFL history to score back-to-back touchdowns on consecutive plays via fumble recovery. Did it against the Vikings. It was insane. And he's got a champion bloodline in him. His uncle is Hall of Famer Steve Atwater. So he's got a lot of good things going right. And I think that at the end of the year, you're really going to look at that right up the middle. You got Derek Brown, I think, will take a step forward having that extra year. You go to linebacker position, you got Shaq Thompson. And then you go to safety position, you got Jeremy Chin. I think that with that core there, I mean, they only have six picks in the draft. And but most of them are their own. So they're going to be towards the top of each round. I think they're set up for success. And corner was really the only other spot that I kind of looked at that they needed. I mean, I think you have a guy out there where it might have the most interesting name on the team at corner, but they do need someone to start at one of their corner spots. And maybe that's like a JC Horn out of, out of South Carolina in the second round. Maybe it's a reuniting with Josh Norman and bringing him back to where he started and being a mentor for the young pups on defense or a guy that just let his contract lapse from the Bengals, William Jackson, who really stepped into his own last year. Oh yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up Shaq Thompson too, because I was going to bring him up as well, because I feel like he really stepped up this year. Um, Cause I, he got close to a hundred tackles this year, if not a hundred as well. I mean, I know that Lynn got over a hundred, but I think he, I think Thompson was sitting right around a hundred as well this year. I'd have to look it up. Yeah, but, I, think he was. I mean, he played exceptionally well this year for sure. And I think he's, a, he looks like he's only getting better. Like, cause he, gradually got better throughout the season but then you you also mentioned i like strange names and i like people who have different names and thank their parents for that because my boy corn elder what the hell it sounds like like some sort of uh cross between a early 2000s rock band and a shaman like this guy he should probably spell his name with a k backwards like because he is rocking it out there this guy's coming hard corn elder is my man and so far at least for at least for the panthers team by far the best name on the team doesn't matter if he's the best player but this guy's got the best name by far it, it reminds me also like he might be the leader of an amish community if they put it the, the corn they, elder, yeah. So if they if they if he goes to the doctor, elder corn, please, you know, having that doctor set. elder corn, bring him all your agricultural questions. He'll lead you in the right direction. 
the other area that I kind of touched on earlier is, and, and you talked about it as well, you know, you have Christian McCaffrey coming back, but he was out for most of the year, tried to come back, got re-injured again, should be good to start the year. Mike Davis is a free agent. Um, not sure if they're going to want to bring him back. I mean, he had a good year, a couple of good years. He played well for the 49ers. He played well for the Seahawks. He played well for the Bears. Played well for the Panthers. He's just kind of one of those under-the-radar backs, but I think that he shined a little bit, that I think he's going to be able to request a little bit more money than he has been able to in free agency, or about the same. But with the cap going down, people aren't going to invest as heavily in running backs. I brought this guy up before in in one of the previous podcasts, but one guy that I want to maybe take on as a reclamation project is Matt Brieta. Matt Brieta in yeah. The 49ers system had his games like it was a crapshoot who was going to have the big game that week. But the dude got beat out in Miami by the likes of Jordan Howard, who I think hobbled his way into the end of the year and I think probably retired midseason. He lost playing time to Miles Gaskin, who was a seventh round pick who played sparingly his rookie year. And in the middle of the year, when Gaskin got hurt, instead of handing the reins over to Breda, which you would have expected, they signed Salvin Ahmed, who was an undrafted free agent and didn't even have a great career at the University of Washington. His junior year was good. He decided to go to the NFL draft last year, went undrafted, got cut by the 49ers, and signs with Miami and overtakes Breda. I don't know if it's a confidence thing or what, but the pressure's off with Christian McCaffrey on the team. And he, and he's a fast guy. I think he would be a similar type of back to McCaffrey. Definitely not as dynamic, but someone that they could get on the cheap. Yeah. I think, I think and for a lot of teams, I I've always liked Mac Breda, not just because he's played for the Niners, but the fact that, I feel like he could be a great two back for probably any team in the league that doesn't already have one. Like if you need a good second back that can come in there, give your, give your star back a little bit of breathing time. He can come in there and he can break out some big runs. Like he's got the speed. I mean, like you said, he's not dynamic. Like he's not going to be jumping over people, but if dude's got a hole, he's going to bust them out. Like he's a good running back. He's a good solid two back. Like, I don't, I don't feel like he could start for many teams if any, but he could definitely be that good one, two punch, especially at a team like the Panthers. I mean, who they have McCaffrey and they bring him in and you think, Oh, he's going to be in there to block. And then you set him up with a little screen pass. That dude's that's dude taken to the house. One other area that i kind of want to look at and maybe not. We've, we've seen him have we've seen him have those shining moments i mean as a niners fan i've seen him have those moments to where you're like man that that kid's got it like he's got something that that could definitely be utilized if he's got the right the right offensive coordinator in there who figure out fig, can figure out how to use him correctly agreed one other area i know we we've we've touched on weapons 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 for these guys another guy i mean one of the guys they're losing curtis samuel pros pro good vet got some burst really like him don't know if they're going to be able to bring him back but 
you look at a DJ Moore, outside guy. You look at Robbie Anderson, outside guy. I want a tough nose, run over the middle, slot guy. And someone just got released the other day. He's golden, the golden boy, golden Tate. You know, the guy's been on winning teams through early in his career with Seahawks. Won a Super Bowl, jetted out to the Lions, signed a big deal. And that's when the Lions were still in playoff contention. After that, uh, got traded. To he, the did, Giants. he did really well for the Lions, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like it's a good veteran presence, gives you a good, tough, over-the-middle guy. If you can put Golden Tate, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, and Kyle Pitts on the field, I don't care who you're putting at quarterback. I mean, give me Josh Rosen, and they I mean they probably have a better record than they did this year. And that guy's and that guy is almost guaranteed to get you towards the top of the draft. So I mean Teddy Bridgewater can stay in my mind if you surround him with those type of weapons. Oh yeah, anyone with those kind of weapons is going to is gonna be at least a wild card team. I mean, they're gonna even in that division, they're going to be a wild card team. I mean, they could they could give Fitz Magic a ch- shot at that kind of a kind of a lineup around him, and he'd be bringing them to the playoffs. I mean, I think it was I think it was the Jaguars that I was talking about who had a bunch of games that were super close games, and same with the Panthers. Panthers, yeah, they had ten losses, but eight of those losses were within eight points. So, I mean, eight of those games, if they would have had a little bit more firepower, they might have been able to put up another 10 points that game, you know, and then they would have been they would have been an over 500 team at least. Yeah. And with the NFC, NFC definitely still has those top tier teams. You're looking in their division. They've got Super Bowl champs in the Bucs. They've got the Saints. The Packers aren't going anywhere. Depending on what the Bears can do at quarterback, they may or may not be a playoff team. I'm going to exclude talking about the NFC East right now when it comes to wild card positions. And then you look at the NFC West where you had two playoff teams last year in the Seahawks and the Rams. The the Cardinals were right on the cusp and the 49ers were beyond hurt. And you look at that and you're going to sit and say, okay, look, it's going to be tough sledding, but the saints, depending with what happens, what they do at quarterback, I mean, there might be one spot open. And I really think that the Carolina Panthers by making a few of these really subtle moves can position themselves to be playing meaningful football in week 17 with a potential playoff spot on the line. I can definitely see that happening. I mean, they they have most of the pieces there. I mean, they have most of the pieces there. And and it was Rules' first year's head coach. I mean, he's going to be in his second year. He's The players are going to get more comfortable with him. He's going to get more comfortable with the system. He's going to be figuring out how he wants to run his system more efficiently. Like, and that's another reason, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, like that's a reason why I say keep Teddy around, like keep Bridgewater around, give him a little bit of stability in his head coach. Don't don't just take that one season where he didn't have that Christian McCaffrey around 
to where you're just going to give up on him right away because you paid him a lot of money to come. You gave him a fat signing bonus. And I mean, what are you going to do? And you're, I'm, and you're I'm just going to you're going to bring in a, a rookie quarterback for that. And I'm not ready. I'm not ready to mortgage the farm on, Desha- on Deshaun Watson either. I'm not I'm not ready to do it for them because I think that they're on the cusp of being a very quality football team. Exactly. Well, that that about does it for anything that I have to say about the Panthers. Do you got a uh, got any uh, last final thoughts on the Panthers? Don't go in panic mode. You know, you've got some cap space. Fill that with quality proven starters like we lined out and draft. Well, I mean, maybe maybe spend a draft pick this year on offense instead of your under Matt rule going all defense. But besides that, like we said, I think that they're right there to be a team that can be really competitive in the NFL landscape next year. I agree. All right. So I think that does it for our episode of the Panthers. Um, If uh, you're out there and you, work for the Panthers uh, franchise and you want a little bit of advice and you want to know how you should fix your team, maybe you should just listen to our podcast and you'll figure it out in about 35 minutes and we'll fix it for you. Um, Other than that, make sure you guys tune in for our next episode. Our next episode, we'll be covering the Broncos and we'll let them know how the mile high city can maybe get a little bit higher. All right, guys. Peace. Peace. Peace.